Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 29 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Rantin Raymond. And I'm joined here by my cultured co-host, former market maker of 20 years, a man who I'm trying to bring into this century, but if you're having 80s trivia night, he's your guy. Hailing from Regina, Saskatchewan, the brown Tom Selleck. I'm talking about JJ. JJ, how's it going? Good, right? Oh, doing yourself every week. Jeez. <sighs> yeah, you know how I do it. And our guest today, she started her career at the Chicago Board of Trade as a broker. She then moved to the trade floor, uh, trade floor where she managed a trade desk, worked with some of the top investment banks, hedge funds, as well as energy OTC markets. She's now an individual trader, independent trader, specializing in energy markets, known as Shy Girl on Twitter. I'm talking about Tracy Suchard. Tracy, how's it going? Hey, guys. Good. How hey. are you guys? <laughs> Doing good. Uh, we appreciate uh, you, know, you taking time to speak to a couple of degenerates. You know, My favorite kind. Oh, great. Perfect. She was raised on the floor. She's used to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks, Tracy. Um, you know, you have close to 75,000 followers on Twitter. You know, it's real impressive uh, because you're not gimmicky with what you post with like, you know, contrary to like how a lot of traders are on Twitter. Why do you think you garnered such a big following? I don't know. I remember when I first started Twitter and I got 100 followers and I was like, I can't believe 100 people <laughs> want to hear what I have to say, like you <laughs> every day, right? And um, now I'm like 75,000 people want to hear what I have to say you every day what um you know i don't know i mean i think that you know i, I mean that success in twitter is really about like finding a different angle to things and things like that and i, I you know I, I guess there is that group that's kind of you know gimmicky and things like that but i'm just myself like i'm exactly how i am in real life i think <laughs> right right no I, and I, th I think that's probably it at least that's why i speculated you you just authentic uh just you know being yourself uh, i mean because this wasn't like a planned uh strategy right no i had no idea i mean i just i mean it just you know i've been on there for 11 years so yeah um, yeah it took a while but no i mean i just got on twitter because you know i was you know trading and you know there's a trading group and you know there's a lot of traders on at the time and mm -hmm. you know it was just a way to kind of get get to meet people right mm -hmm. so and that's just kind of how it started <laughs> right right exactly so uh, you know I'm going to touch quickly um, on your background for those who aren't familiar with you uh, so after graduating from college you didn't get right into the industry uh, what, what was your degree and what field did you work in before you got into trading I was a political science international relations uh, major and I had planned on going to law school uh, but after graduating I just couldn't I was done so I thought that you know I'd take a couple of years off maybe and then go back to school but that just never happened um, so actually I worked I worked right out of college I worked for an automobile photographer oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> as a studio manager which was really kind of cool um, but you know kind of being in that industry doesn't really pay well so I got into sales after that. I started in advertising sales and then finally ended up in medical devices. Okay. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, but that job was, I had the whole West Coast and it was traveling all the time. I was never home. I hated it. It was, you know, it was kind of boring. I sold medical grade plastics all day um, <laughs> and talked to like engineers that, you know, I, most of them, you know, spoke over my head. Um, so I just got, I got burnt out. I got tired of traveling. I got, you know, I had some money saved up because it's a pretty nice job. I decided to just, I wanted to go to Chicago and um, trade commodities. And so literally I quit my job. I packed up my stuff, moved to Chicago, never been there before, didn't know anyone and went to the board of trade and started knocking on doors. Nice. Wow. Wow. I mean, where, where did that, like, uh, that passion, um, for trading come from, or, or for you even take that leap of faith, you know, moving was, across country? Yeah, I will. I was always, I'm from the Midwest. So I'm from Missouri actually. So, um, you know, it was close, it was close to, you know, where my family was, I was back in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really the Midwest, you know, it's not like Missouri, <laughs> Chicago, it's a big city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <gasps> Um, and, um, you know, it was just something that I was always interested in. Um, I was really interested in the commodity markets because I had, um, I had, I had studied, my emphasis was on Middle East politics. So I was really kind of into oil. Things oh, like that. interesting. Okay. Um, and so I just decided that's what I wanted to do. Right. Right. So, so I did it. <laughs> you know, you know, you said so political science, like that's always been a uh, a passion of yours. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and I, you'll I mean, see. I mean, I post a lot about I talk, talk post a lot about politics and and things right. like that. And I think had I not, you know, um, been in this career, I probably, you know, would have tried to get a fellowship at you know like a research institute or something. Yeah, 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 nice. yeah. You know, finding that out it, make, it makes sense, kind of. Um, like your approach to trading and how, um, you know, we don't talk to like, at least on our, our podcast to a lot of like fundamental people or people who look at the macro view of things. Uh, you have in a background of political science. You think that kind of um, aids like your, you know, maybe with the way your brain works, you want to see how all the pieces interact. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it really does help because I always, you know, I have a certain way of analyzing things and I do use a lot of macro fundamental um, analysis, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not really a day trader. I mean, I, I did, I have day traded in the past, but I'm more of a swing trader. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I need to have the whole macro picture to kind of get into a position and then I'll use technicals to, you know, obviously, you know, initiate a position. Um, but, uh, for me having a bigger macro fundamental base, is um, extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. A quick question. When you trade oil, um, do you, I'm just looking at the oil market for the first time. I'm an equities futures guy just on ES, but uh, how long did it take you to get comfortable trading oil just out of curiosity, like the underlying dynamics of that market and the mechanics of it? I mean, I've always, I always, when I, when I first started, um, I was a broker. Right. Okay. And my very first trade, I was an options, options broker in a boiler room. Literally. Oh, nice. Yeah. I started <laughs> in a boiler room. No joke. Wow. Oh, good for you. Okay. So we're kindred spirits because I was the, you know, I was the trader that sold stock for boiler rooms. 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight up boiler room. 400 calls a day. You nice. want to give me some of your money so I can trade some options for you? Beautiful. How much yeah, would you like, a, sir? Right? <laughs> exactly. So easy. Um, Close them. Right? Um, so, yeah, yeah. That's how I, That's literally how I started because nobody was hiring. Girl. Yeah, yeah. Right? But, um, but anyway, so my first trade, I kind of digressed over there. But um, so my first trade, my first winning, like a really big trade was an oil options trade. And I was just hooked from there. So oh. even when I was just a broker and I was, you know, even when I was, you know, uh, managing a desk on the floor, you know, I always had, you know, was watching the oil market. So I, I was watching it and I was kind of trading it with clients when I was a broker um okay and so that's how i kind of you know kind of got used to that market and it's fast and you know i like things that move fast it just suited my um trading personality type like i've tried to trade things that barely move and i just don't have the patience for it Mm. yeah you gotta uh find you know trade our personalities um so Tracy, you know, we spoke, um, you know, to, to a couple different women on this podcast. And um, when we were, we were speaking to uh, Danny Hughes, uh, she's the um, CEO of Divine Capital. And she was, um, we, you know, we were talking to her about, you know, being a woman in a male dominated field and, you know, the certain disadvantages, but also on the flip side, how certain, you know, people can, you can flip the tables in those type of situations, did you ever come across, um, you know, be like being a woman and actually using that to your advantage? Um, well, yeah, I mean, when I first, you know, when I started, um, you know, especially like in a boiler room, I was literally the only, <laughs> only girl, only girl there. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you pretty much have to go in and establish, establish, establish yourself right away. Like, yeah. you know, you kind of need it. You can't go into that kind of atmosphere. Yeah. You're alpha. You know, that, that's most, most women who work in finance. I mean, I was trained by a female trader on my first job um, and you know, they establish alpha and it's, and it's a good thing too, because I'm, I'm very glad I was trained by a woman. Yeah. I mean, it's like serious advantage. So, you know, as soon as you have like everybody scared of you, no, um, <laughs> um, no, I mean, you just have to command respect right away. And I'm not, you know, I mean, my personality is very, I'm kind of, you know, one of the guys, girls, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, it's yeah. just, just my personality. So, right. um, so it worked out, you know, well, that's at, good. Cool, definitely. So, yeah. so, you, so, you, so, you know, the, the name of this podcast, Confessions of a Market Maker, we like, we like funny stories, wild happenings, whatever. Uh, any moments stand out from your, your days on the floor? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had a member. It was, when it was it? It was 2012. That was like summer of like $8 corn. Oh, it yeah. Was like crazy, crazy, crazy. Remember That's that? right. That's right. Yeah, and um, so and I was in the grain room. I we had a desk in the grain room and the bond mm-hmm. room, but I was in the grain room uh, most of that summer because that's really where all the action was. Right? Cool. Yeah. Um, and I was right across from uh, the the corn pit, but you know, and I was taking orders, and the clerk got we had. I mean, everything was going up. I mean, every five seconds was like higher, 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 higher. So we were supposed to put on like a like a 
a bull call spread, but he got the order wrong, literally, and it was, it was for a hedge fund. Literally within, I would say, all of 30 seconds, we were like 50 grand underwater. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> right? So, you know, we were freaking out and I was like, wait, I think it'll come back. I think it'll come back. I think, like, we're sweating it out. We're at chart. I'm the only one that, like, you know, I, I worked for, you know, a floor trader, right, who didn't really yep. ever look at charts that much you know, and I was the only one that like you know I had been a broker I'm just looking at charts all day long right yeah. so I'm like okay so you know we're all sitting around the desk and I'm like hold on let me just chart this out it's gonna be okay so I'm gonna be and it took like you know we were sweating it out for like you know kind of market kind of you know slowed down a little bit sweating it out long and short we got out of it for like minus five grand but you know since we were brokers we were four brokers it was coming out of our mm, you know, right our deal because we screwed up the order <laughs> but so yeah that was pretty intense day i would say yeah what's uh what's the most obscure market you've traded uh oats really <laughs> oats yeah <laughs> yes options on oats at that oh wow, <laughs> wow. Because what yeah. was, what was There's it? like markets so illiquid, it's ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Like I was laughing when uh, we were talking to a prop trader um, who was in our room. And what did he say? He traded uh, cheddar cheese futures. That's a thing? <laughs> yeah, there's cheese futures. Man, I'll tell you, in the in CBOT, there's the milk and cheese pit. But it was like they were in the hallway. Like That's how small it was. It wasn't in the room. It was literally in a hallway. Oh, wow, um, man. That's funny. That's funny. So there's like four old guys in there, like. <laughs> That's crazy. I, oh man. So Tracy, well, how was your transition to um, trading on the floor to then trading your own account? Yeah. So well, I actually I transitioned in between to like prop trading mm -hmm. uh, for a little bit, but I really didn't like that because there was like too many rules, um, and I wasn't that great of a prop trader to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, so then that's when I kind of just decided, okay, I'm going to, you know, go out on my own. Um, and so I did that and just, you know, started with a small account, you know, would build it up, would come back down, build it up, come back down. <laughs> so, mm. You know, it took a real while to create any kind of, you know, consistency, mm -hmm. right, you know, at, at the beginning. Mm. What was the Definitely. rule uh, when you said the rules with the prop firm? What anything specific that you what you felt like hampered or something? You know, like you know, you can only be day trading. You can't have overnight. You can yeah. only you know, it can only come back against you this much. You can only you only allow, mm. you know what I mean? Like it just didn't really suit my my style of trading. Yeah, especially when you're trading OPM and they set the rules, right? So right. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. Okay. So hmm. it's just you know, for me, it just you know. It, that just was frustrating to me every day. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, so it took you a little while to gain some consistency. When, when do you think you like took the turn? What, what was it? Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, is there exact moments? I, I, I mean, that it's kind of like it just all of a sudden happened, you know, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. Where you're suddenly not, you know, giving up everything that you made. Yes. And yeah. like, you know, yeah. what happens is you work for a month and you're like, yes, this looks great. And then one trade, you're like, crap. 
yeah. went my whole month. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. A prop, uh, I always tell people because, you know, we, we just surfed order flow. So at the close, we went to the bar and that, and when the, you know, after the close of the prop traders, that's when they started doing their homework, you know? Yeah. So the discipline is just insane. So, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't, I don't know, it just didn't suit my personality. Although, you know, I don't want to discourage anybody from doing it because I think it's a great opportunity if you can get an opportunity in one of those firms. Mm. You know, I would never tell anyone not to do it exactly. by any means. Right, right. It just, just wasn't a fit for you. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, so Tracy, so I, I don't know anything about fundamental analysis um, it it, do, it does seem it can be misapplied or people do misapply it easily. Um, is, is that a fair statement to make? Yeah, absolutely. You can. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I read a lot of bank reports every day and, you know, I get a lot of research, um, you know, and I have my own fundamental analysis and you have to, I mean, you have to kind of, I guess, apply it. It has to be your style of trading mm. it that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if it's not, you know, there are a lot of people where that's definitely something that would screw with their trading. You know what right. I mean? Definitely. Because they'll be thinking something and the chart's telling them something else. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I use both. Um, you know, some people just use fundamentals. Some people use technicals. Like I said, it just really suits, you know, when I was at Prop, it was all technicals. And maybe that's another reason that it also didn't suit me, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm a bigger picture kind of person. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as far as that's concerned. But I can see where, you know, it, it, doing fundamental analysis, a lot of traders say it does them no good. And I completely respect that. I can totally understand that. Um, but for the way that I trade, I think that it's important. Mm. It, Sorry, ahead, I, ahead, I, I, just, I just, because she's actually... I have to give you credit for something because I started following you on Twitter and you kept going on about supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. And it was almost like you were like, you kept dripping this on my head. And I kept looking for in the ES for that 3212 to hold because they had bid that there was a massive bid there for the last couple of months. Right. And, you know, I was like, you know what? They might, they might pull. Yeah, they might pull that bid because, you know, she's saying this and no one's paying attention, right? And I was like, you know what? They're going to pull the bid. And this morning I said, watch out, because if they pull the bid, it's going to drop like a stone. And it did. So I have to thank you for that. I, okay. Right? Well, great. So, but I, those are the kind of things that I, you know, without me outright saying, you know, I don't want to tell anybody, you know, go buy or sell something because. I don't want to be responsible for other people's trades. Exactly. But when I do keep hammering at something, it's yeah. generally because I'm it's seeing like, something. Like, <laughs> pay attention, you idiots. It's like, right? it's true, right? Because that, and that's why, um, you know, not to sound sexist, but that's why, I mean, I loved it when I was trained by a female trader because they saw things that the guys were too egotistical, right? They're like, nah, nah. Right, and the girl's like, you know, be careful of this, right? And nine times out of ten, man, you know, uh, it, it, and that was great. Thanks. So that's uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, you'll notice that a lot. If I start, if I start really getting on a subject, because I'm seeing something, and there's a reason for it. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. 
So Tracy, any tips for people who do want to apply fundamental analysis and, you know, how did you go about, um, I guess, going about it the right way? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think it just has a lot to do with, you know, I don't know, my study habits. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a right way and a wrong way, Uh but you know, I like to gather all the information that I can, like all the pieces that I can, and then put together my own um, pieces, right? Like I'll read other, you know, read other bank research and and see, Mm -hmm. see what they're saying. I'll read, you know, I read, I read, I start very early in the morning and I read more than probably, you know, 90% of the people (laughs) in a a day, right? So I'm looking for, I have everything curated. So I'm looking for, you know, anything, whatever I think is important for that day. Like if I'm doing an oil trade, if I'm trading ES, if I'm trading metals, you know, whatever I'm trading, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, I know what positions I'm in or I know what I'm looking for to, to trade, right? And so then I just go at it and try to gather all the information that I possibly can on that particular thing that I want to be trading mm-hmm. okay. that day. Right. Okay. right. It, it almost seems like um, maybe fundamental analysis is maybe a little bit more of an art form. It, I think, yeah, I think probably it is. I mean, it's definitely a different way of, of doing things. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's interesting. And I think that's another reason why you're a real good follow on Twitter, because I, I think I feel like most people don't um, discuss no. the things that you're talking about. Um, and it's definitely great food for thought. Um, Everybody's obsessed with order flow. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I can talk that too, but that everybody else is talking about it. it it's, a, it's a marketing buzzword right now. You know, right? Yeah. yeah, it is uh, really quick. I, I, sorry to, to, to be a Budinsky, but uh, really quick. How do you manage your reams of information? Because that's, I'm starting to get more into, into looking at a longer term view and things like that, because I'm for me, 10 minutes is long term. Otherwise I'm stuck. <laughs> I, you know, if I'm holding something for 15 minutes, I'm, I'm stock warehouse. You're right? like, Oh my God. I'm, I'm like, like, I, I'm I like hold my, stuff for like, I hold stuff for days, sometimes weeks. Sometimes. Oh, <laughs> dear God. I, I, you know, I just like, Ooh, it's hot. It's like a hot potato here. Take it. You know? Um, so I, how do you manage your information and, and organize it? Um, um, you know, I have, like I said, I mean, I have everything, you know, I have files for everything. You know what I mean? So like okay. on my computer. So I'll have, you know, whatever bank research that, you know, I got that day. You know, I have it all filed by, you know, I'll either toss it. Do I need it? Do I not? Is it something oh, I trade? If I don't trade, if I trade it, then it goes into a folder. Okay. Right. If I see something in an article or whatever, I'll just throw it in a folder. Um, you know, and a lot of stuff, you know, I just ha- happen to remember. You know what I mean? If I'm reading an article, I generally okay. remember what's in it. Oh, good. Okay, good. good. Just, just wondering because I'm starting – because I've got, you know, the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg. I've got all this stuff going. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you just put everything in the flat, like – and then literally – Purge from your brain anything that you don't need to know for what you're trading. <laughs> yeah, okay. And that's what, you know what I mean? Otherwise, no, makes you, get sense. Too, you get too much information in your oh, brain. So yeah. literally, that's I cool. just purge whatever, you know. I'm like, okay, I'm not trading this today or this has zero relevance. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's out of my brain for the day. Thank you. That's very helpful. A lot of new traders have trouble doing that. And, and you know, 
and myself too as a new retail trader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Tracy, do you, do you focus on like one or two markets um, at a time or are you able to handle uh, multiple trading? Multiple yeah. Markets? I mean, I think the most I, you know, I generally am in the market. I mean, I'm generally in the market with like, you know, one to three products. I think max for me would be five. Okay. So I'm not all over the place, you know, unless, unless I'm, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, I mostly trade futures, but you know, I'll, I trade some stocks too. Those are like a little bit more longer term. So, you know, I'll have stock trades on at the same time. So sometimes it's just, you know, a little more, but, um, but if I'm trading futures, you know, generally, you know, three to max five, it's really all my personal brain can handle. Okay. 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 So Tracy, I know, I know you have some thoughts on the coronavirus. Uh, what are your thoughts on how it uh, relates to the market and, and any other thoughts maybe if you have outside of the markets? Well, I mean, really, I've been looking at this, you know, purely as, as an economic standpoint, because, you know, you mm -hmm. have everybody's like, it's just the flu. It's just the flu. It's just the flu. Great. It's just the flu. I don't, you know, I don't care if you think it's the flu. If it's not the flu, stop you know, yammering flu stats at me that there's more people have died. I don't really care. But here is what is happening. What is happening is, you know, China shut down manufacturing. We have that backup at ports. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, a manufacturing lag. What is happening? What is happening now? How does that affect, you know, the rest of the world? Well, mm -hmm. you know, you have ships in the Pacific, but oversupply of ships in the Pacific, you have a deficit in the Atlantic, that's going to affect supply chains in almost every country. Everything exactly. from shipping to railroads to, you know, people that, you know, labor that takes, take the cargoes off the port and onto railroads to ship them, you know, across the country. I mean, all of that stuff is affected. Um, so that's kind of how I'm looking at it is really what is the economic damage we are going to see here? You know, how is this going to affect GDP? How is this going to affect, you know, product? Is it going to filter to, to the U.S.? And today, boom, people mm -hmm. are starting to say, you know, we've got a five-week lag in tech components. You know, I knew eventually it was going to get here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just um, a matter of one. Mm -hmm. So really, that's how I'm looking at it. I'm not, you know... I'm not to sound callous, but you know, I'm not interested in death tolls and whatever. And I think it's, you know, I, I, you know, there's so many, I mean, I don't know what it is exactly. Right. And there's so many conspiracy theories and there's this and this out there. But for me, mm -hmm. like you kind of have to purge that from your brain because really it's not going to help you in trading. <laughs> you definitely, right? so all the, oh, all these exactly. people that are just focused on this all day long. I'm like, let's yeah. focus on really what matters. Here. Right. Like, exactly. Learn, you know, yeah. to me, that's not going to, you know, alter my, my trade decision. What will alter my trade decision is how, how is this going to affect, you know, the price of oil, for example, when all those exactly. got, got canceled. Exactly. It, I mean, I, I agree. I sorry to interrupt again. Somebody was saying that to me on Twitter. They're like, Oh, I missed the point. I'm like, I, I have four years of microbiology with an immunology background in university. And I'm not looking at the virus at all. I look at market structure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like the tweet you put out, Tracy, about um, the flu and how people were comparing it to the flu. And you said, oh, flu's never had uh, a country shut its borders down or the, or the shipping. Right? <laughs> I think I you mean, nailed, yeah, it exactly. nailed it on the head. I was like, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> stop comparing this to the flu. I'm like, this is a totally different situation we have here. Whether you believe that it's worse or better than the flu, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change what is logistically happening right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Sift through all the, the BS. So Tracy, we, we have some friends of ours um, in our trading room who trade crude. Um, and obviously they were excited. They, they wanted to uh, ask some questions. So I got some questions from, uh, you know, some of the people, um, if you don't <laughs> okay. mind, if you don't no, mind answering. It. I'm ready. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, first one we got here, um, what correlation, if any, does uh, CL have with ES? Um, that correlation, I mean, Sometimes, I mean, they are correlated, but that correlation has gone in and out. Say, you know, um, there are times when it's been uh, a, a risk situation where you have risk off in ES and the money goes into crude. Mm-hmm. And, and then sometimes the opposite happens, right? And then sometimes they both move together. Like, you know, this virus, you know, if ES is really taking, it's going to bring crude down with it. But they're not directly correlated and i know sometimes they seem like they are but if you mm. get caught up in that correlation which i've seen a lot of traders do what happens is when that correlation breaks yeah then they get all screwed up and they're done that yeah <laughs> yeah i know i i know she she was asking because she trades both and so I, I think she was like looking for um you know like today because you know I think she was trying to get at, she, she wasn't sure which, you know, maybe some days are better to trade crude or some days are better for ES, or I guess that's going to be a little bit more personalized uh, for her. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. that's kind of, kind of a more personal question. If right, she wants right. to, you know, if she, I'll, I'll give my email. And if people want to email me questions, if I don't answer what you mm-hmm. wanted, then I would be happy to accept emails. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome, Tracy. Thanks. Thanks. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll yeah, get that down. Great. We'll put that in the description. All right. Next question. In your opinion, what are the major factors affecting the trend in oil prices going forward? Do you have price ranges you are looking at in the coming year? Um, well, going forward, I mean, my sort of my macro view um, going from a macro view, my macro view is we're going to see very depressed oil prices this year. And I don't think, you know, that we are really going to, I'm looking out to 2021, 22, um, which is probably way farther than <laughs> your audience is looking. But really, that's kind of, just to keep in mind, that's kind of the, the, the area that I'm looking at for oil prices to really see a rebound. Because what I think is going to happen well, what I know is going to happen is, you know, a lot of these small shale companies are going to go underwater because they're not oh, making any money. Got it. Um, and there's a lot of stress. There's a debt debt wall of maturity coming up. Uh, and, you know, if you look at the high yield spreads right now, it looks terrible. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think a lot of these companies are going to have a hard time getting any kind of uh, debt reti- redeterminations this oh, year. Okay. And I think we're going to see kind of, you know, a lot of these guys that have just barely been hanging on like Chesapeake yeah. Yeah. Um, and things like that. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of consolidation and mergers and acquisitions in, mm-hmm. you know, over the next year. I mean, we have been seeing them and we have been seeing bankruptcies, yeah. but you know, I think that should peak like, this year, next year, we'll kind of probably see a pullback in production at that point as these companies get absorbed. And um, we'll probably start to see higher oil prices again because these guys will practice some restraint, right? Because yeah. now you have the majors 
that just entered shale and you know they have a little bit more experience than a lot of these you know young guys that just go out there and they're producing 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 and it's driving price down and down down. well you know i I mean i i've never traded oil but i finance companies that have drilled for oil and and we drilled once down in uh, bakersfield and we put five million dollars into the ground into a dry hole and um you know because the guy wanted to do a deal we had his name on the company and you know, you really quickly realize we had Nuevo Energy as the operator. And a couple of months after we hit that dry hole, I think they drilled maybe 30 feet over and hit, you know. And so we didn't have the experience. Our geologist, we should have known because the geologist got lost in the oil field the first time we took us. It was 80 years old, right? We have an analyst. I, we had, I had to buy the analyst a new Mercedes because we destroyed oh his, God. right? Because he, he insisted on taking his Mercedes in, in this oil field in Bakersfield, oh right? So I had to go buy him a new Mercedes down in Newport, and it was just a mess. But, oh you know, God. like, so if you don't know what you're doing in the oil business, you know, it, like that my money client, goes quick, right? You know, my client had $400 million, uh, but, you know, still it was, you know, if we could have done something with that $5 million and it was you know, we were at $16 a barrel, you know? Right. So. <laughs> right. So yeah. money goes quick, right? So, oh, fat. Those AFEs <laughs> are like every week. It's a hundred grand. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that was back then. Yeah. Definitely. So that's kind of my macro. There's my, my five minute elevators pitch on yep. my macro point of view. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. All right, Tracy, how many ticks do you consider to be a full rotation uh, during a intraday 30 minute period, or do you look at a different time frame when considering this? Um, well, I, um, if you're talking about, you're kind of talking about day trading. So, um, you know, I would use like 25% increments instead of like a Fib pull, pull um, like 25%. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't really day trade anymore. So it's, yeah. you know, right. I'm kind of not looking at it like that. <laughs> right, right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, next question. I've noticed that. Uh, <laughs> no, no. All good. I've, I've noticed that CL was trading uh, directionally or was trending directionally much more intraday during the end of months of last year. However, during the first two months, this year, CL has been bouncing much more during the intraday time frame. Again, I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this, I guess. Um, can you give any insight into why the sudden change in behavior? And do you notice this during certain times of the year? Um, I mean, I think that's, you know, it, I think it just really depends. I mean, I, you always have to look at, that's why I get up really early. Because I like to know, um, like, because anything OPEC related or anything like that is going to come out in the middle of the night. Anything, any. Anything in Europe that's coming out, it's coming out in the middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. So I get up early enough that, or I would suggest to somebody to see what the news is. So you see what what the price action, why the price action behaved the way that it did overnight, kind of. Um, so, I mean, I think that, I think it really depends on what news is out, um, you know, kind of what's going on, what the positioning, what positioning is and things like that. Um, because, you know, it just depends. That's a really hard question. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it changes all the time. It right? does. Right? It does. You know, yeah. And, I, you know, at the beginning of the year, you have to realize, you know, at the beginning of the year, 
that's when everybody started buying again, right? It's the brand new year. Everybody's cleared their books for December. They're out of Bingo. December. So exactly. you have people start buying again. So, mm -hmm. you know, what happens during U.S. hours is, you know, these guys are going to come and start adding to their portfolio. And if you remember, this year was supposed to be the big year for oil, right? Oh, the reflation yeah. trade. Everybody was all talking about the reflation trade, the reflation trade. And so we saw a big, you know, bounce in oil. And we saw a big bounce in oil stocks as well. Hmm. Okay. All right. Last question we got here concerning crude. EIA and API, why are the numbers always so off from each other? Um, API is voluntary reporting to a trade association, oh. where EIA is mandatory reporting to the government. So um, that's why you have a lot of discrepancies because you don't always, you don't, you know, you don't have to send your numbers into API. You do have to send them into the government. So okay. that's why you can all often have, you know, big big discrepancies between mm -hmm. the two. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, thank you for answering the, the crude questions for us. Uh, just a couple of miscellaneous questions and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, I guess I'm, I was thinking about Tracy. Are there any certain resource, like when you're doing your research, um, any certain resource, like go to resources? Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I go to, well, I trade crude. So EIA, um, IEA, OPEC, um, you know, I always go to, if I'm trading oil stocks, I'll go to Seeking Alpha Energy to, to see, see what happens. That's, they give you a really nice quick view on, you know, what's happening in oil stocks and, you know, if anything big happens, um, is always good. You could use that for other stocks too. Um, what else do I use? Um, you know, I have my Twitter curated, so I have all the journalists that you know like i'll have journal yeah. journalists that you know are just in crude oil i'll have you know just financial <clears throat> journalists sorry i have metals journalists i'll have you know i kind of have them like correlated i have them um on my twitter on my tweet deck like that so i can really you know and they're on a list so right. i can just run through the list really fast and see you know what's going on i mean i think twitter's a great resource and it's free <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people don't use Twitter in that yeah. manner and that Twitter can be very effective for gathering information. Yeah, absolutely. You can also do a list for your favorite traders to yeah. see what trades they're in. If you know that's something you're interested in. I mean, if you use it right, like literally create lists Definitely. and then all you have to do is go to that list and you go, okay, I want to know, you know, I have all my crude traders in the list. I have all my ES traders in the list. I have all my, to just see what people are doing. If that's what you see, you can, you know, have lists for your, for your news. If you do it right, it's a great resource. Absolutely. Very, very Absolutely. True. Yeah, no, I mean, but some people prefer to, uh, you know, argue with each other over politics or I, right. I don't know. Well, These people, I, I it's know. like, you're using the Twitter in the wrong way. It tilts me. It really does. I'm right? like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, talk in an echo chamber. I, I don't know. I'm just like, right. it, it is a really good, I'm glad you brought that up because it is a good resource <laughs> if used in the right manner. But, yeah, okay. exactly. And, you know, and be nice to people. Be nice to one another out there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. You know. Help each other out. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to DM the people all the time. Like, what do you think of this level? What do you think of this level? What do you think, you know, all yeah. the time. So yeah. be cool to people. Exactly. They'll share information. That's true. Well said. Well said. So Tracy, what's a commonly held belief in trading that you disagree with? 
Um, I commonly held belief. I don't, I don't, hmm. that, you know, I don't know. What's a commonly held belief that you're going to make a ton of money? I don't know. And everybody's going to drive a Porsche. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's not going <laughs> to well, happen. Well, Ray had Lamborghini, but. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, that it's, I think people think that when they first start getting that it's going to be easy and it's 100% not easy. In fact, I work <laughs> harder at this job than no any job I've ever worked in my entire life. Exactly. And the hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the hours are insane. I mean, you really have to love it because, you know, exactly. like I said, you know, I'm up at 4 a.m. at least every day. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. How do you how do you deal with the I guess the lack of interaction that we get, you know, from us working at home? Uh, you know, we, we don't yeah. go into an office. So yeah. How, how do you yeah. How do you deal with that? Twitter again. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I've met a ton of friends on Twitter and we, or, you know, we'll have like a WhatsApp chat or we'll have a DM chat. You know, I've got several, you know, chats set up with other people that, you know, we're, you know, talking all day long. Like I'm on DMs all day long. Oh, that's cool. You know, so, you know, just kind of, you know, you meet like-minded people and you can mm-hmm. create your own group. Cause it does get like, you know, kind of boring and you're, like uh, I'm talking to my cat all day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, it, it's, it's you so go weird. out in public and you're like, Ugh. oh, I know. I, I went out in public. To, I went out in public today, and I always tell Ray because I'm in Saskatchewan. At least you're in Montreal, right? It's it's minus thirty here, and there's nothing to block the wind. So you sometimes you stay in for a few days, you know. Right. And. Uh, <laughs> You know, then you go out in public and you're like, oh, my God, I look like Frankenstein. I know. And it's you're like, like, people talk to you and you're like, what? 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 <laughs> V-Wap? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Globex? What? Oh, yeah. You know. They're know. Like, and they're talking about normal things. Like, I took my I kids to the hockey game. Right? And you're, and you're like, like what? And oh, you're like, what? oh, what? And I wonder where the ES is, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, so, Tracy, when, when, you, when you were first starting out, how did you deal with, I guess, the emotional swings that come with trading? Um, you know, and that's part of the reason why I switched to swing trading. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, because really I got, you know, I mean, uh, you know, those feelings like when you want to just like puke all day long. <laughs> yep. yep. Right. You yeah. know, and you're like, oh dear God. And you're like tense and you're like, okay, you know, it's like, what am I going to do with this? Da, da, da. And like, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with that anymore. I couldn't deal with that anymore. You're just sitting there like holding your breath for like those 30 ticks. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then then with, with me, it's even worse because it's like, you're doubting every decision you made in your life. I should have studied harder. I know. I I freaking should have gone to medical school. Like my parents wanted me to, I would have a normal job. Right. You know, right? like I would know, you know how to like actually socially interact with people in a normal way. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, you know, I'd have like, you know, a white picket fence and all that stuff. Instead, yeah. I'm staring at this damn monitor. I know. <laughs> so that's kind of like where, you know, I, when I kind of finally found, you know, I kind of just, I kind of moved, moved into swing trading a little bit, you know, slowly. But like what I did for me, it's just, I'm not feeling like, I'm going to puke every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really just finding, you know, maybe, you know, what's good for you to trade. If you're a scalper, if you like trading for, you know, two, three ticks, that's great. If you like, yeah. you know, holding for, you know, 
50 ticks or 100 ticks, you know, I mean, you kind of, you have to, and there's really no way to find out unless you try it. Right, mm. right. I think, I think that's a beautiful thing about trading, though, is there's so many viable styles, so many viable options. Uh, yeah. And, and it's just finding, and it's just finding what, what it is for you. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So Tracy, uh, what interests you have outside of the markets? So I cook a lot. Okay. <laughs> that's kind of my, my creative outlet, cool. right? Okay. Like for mm -hmm. me, it's just kind of, you know, cook a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I, well, I'm, you know, near mountains, so I ski on the weekends. Um, but I guess my thing is my, you know, I watch a lot of HGTV <laughs> at <that> time. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is that like the home, like home build? Is that home building? It's, yes. Yeah, it's like okay. Home and oh my garden. God. Okay. Home and Property garden. Brothers. Property oh Brothers. God. You guys got to watch it. So oh, Property Brothers. <laughs> it, it, probably better than whatever JJ's watching right now. You should ask him what he's watching now, Tracy. Well, well because I, I live in Saskatchewan, so I watch any TV show that has Miami in it. So I'll watch CSI Miami, Dexter. <laughs> oh, my God. It. I used to watch that, too. <laughs> right? Just to see the scenery, right? Right. You know, but, but tell Tracy uh, tell Tracy what you're watching now, though. I, loving hip-hop, Miami, <laughs> right? And now I know. Now I understand. <laughs> Now I understand what Ray's life is like because he is like one of the characters on that show. Oh, He's always God. finding trouble, always getting into trouble. Oh, God. Right? You oh, know? Funny. Now, funny. I, I got to ask one question for the for our viewers in uh, Quebec. Since you're a cook, do you know how to make tortillas? Um, yes, I do. I actually wow. made my first this Christmas. And it was really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I can I can put that that's another notch on my cooking belt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what what is what is it's, this? I'm not. It's, it's, it's like a, a meat pie, but with like spices. So it's got like cinnamon and cloves and onions, but basically mm. it's literally like a meat pie, like in a pie shell, okay. the pie top. Huh. You're like, okay, that doesn't sound good. It's way better than it. No, sounds. it's 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 amazing. <laughs> I, I had a girlfriend from Montreal once, and she used to make it. It was amazing. So, okay. <laughs> well, I'll take I'll take your word for it. So, oh, I, yeah. so how do you how do you like living in Montreal compared to the states? Um, I do. I mean, it's different. Um, but I, you know, I really I really like it up here. I mean, it's um, I hard had to get used to like everybody's really nice up here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's kind of like, I'm like what. Why are you so nice? Like, you know, people like let you go by in traffic. I'm like, what? Exactly. I'd be running people over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, it's uh, I, Montreal is one of my is my favorite city in Canada. So, and it's really beautiful here. I mean, you know, old Montreal is beautiful. It's got you know a, a lot of culture, and um, you know, it's got everything. It's a big city, so it's got you know everything. You know. Chicago or New York have just on mm -hmm. a smaller scale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, do you miss the uh, the weather of California? So, you know, I know I go from California to Chicago to Montreal. Now, I think I did it wrong. Yeah, you went, yeah, you went <laughs> the wrong way. Yeah, you went opposite. Like, yeah. What am I doing? I think I did it wrong. Um, nah, you know, I, I do miss the weather a little bit, but, you know, I lived in California for. For 10 years though okay nice. for over Work. 10 years so you know i think i've been there i did it mm -hmm. so now you're a usc 
graduate, right? I am. Okay. So you're a Trojan, okay? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how was the experience there going to USC? That I always. Oh my God, it was crazy. I, well, I came, you know, I I was from St. Louis and I went to an all-girls school, right? So then I moved to LA, right, in the middle of LA. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a good time. <laughs> And good for you. <laughs> yeah. applaud that here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Uh, Tracy, I, I guess um, uh, one more question for me, and I guess I'll pass it on to Jay if he has any more. Uh, what's your favorite non-trading book? My favorite non-trading book? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I just read Red Notice. I really liked that. Um, well, I don't so, know. It's kind of whatever... A, is that it's, a fiction? Yeah, it kind of has to do with trading, though. Uh -huh. No, it's nonfiction. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. Whatever. I, I haven't read anything non-trading related. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly like me. It's like, what? Oh, it's I, a trading book. I was, yeah, I was like trying to think. I'm looking at the books on my table. I'm like, uh, no. no. <laughs> I'm still reading a book from 1874 on the markets. You know, that makes me think, Tracy, you know, I, I, we've talked to a lot of, you know, prominent people here on the podcast, like uh, Linda, Linda Rashke Damon. Oh, her book, Trading Sardines. I'm reading that right now. It's great. Oh, cool. oh yeah. Well, I got to I got to pick that up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really good. You have to. It's a great read. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, we, we love her. We, we love to have her on the podcast, too. She's hilarious. Um. So, you know, anyway, like all these people we've had on, it's like everyone has this, you know, obsessive uh, passion for the markets. Do you think that's like a, a, almost like a requirement to become successful? I think that, yeah, I mean, I think you have to, like I said, you know, I think it's, a, it's the hardest job you'll have. You're going to put more hours into it than, you know, you would probably, you know, most other jobs, you know, unless you're like an ER doctor. Um, <laughs> You know, so I think you really have to, and it's comes with a lot of ups and downs, you know, Definitely. it's not easy. You're losing money, you're, you're making money, you know, it comes with a lot of highs and lows. And so I think you really have to have a passion for it to, you know, really stick with it. And I think right. that, you know, I think if you really have a passion for it, you can be successful. So Definitely. if you have a real passion for it, but you're having a difficult time, don't worry, it gets better. Like, I mean, look at me. I have more passion than intelligence. And, you know, <laughs> no, seriously, it, yeah. it really, I mean, I, I love this market. You know, I, I, oh, me uh, too. I you mean, know, I love the history of it. The U.S. stock market is amazing. The history, yeah, you know, the, oper the operations and the characters, the Morgans and the Harrimans, and, you know, like, it's just, it's fascinating. So it's, uh, you know, and then you can learn a lot too. From uh, you're that. learning every day like I'm learning yeah. every day I couldn't like ask for a better job because exactly. I really love learning you know I love I, you know I'm just a sponge I love learning new stuff every day and I literally I'm learning something new every day definitely I think that's what's great about it too right it, ke it keeps you it's not it's not monotonous it's not the same thing <laughs> that's at <for> all sure. <laughs> it's never the same. and it's never the same so if consistency yeah, is right. something that you want in your day yeah it's probably not the same <laughs> what yeah. is what did they say it's kind of like riding a tiger made out of gelatin and teeth you know, it's like <laughs> okay yeah uh, jay any any more questions uh 
for Tracy? Oh, I, no, I, I'm, I'm good. It was, a, it was a, just a delight having you on the show. We'll have to have you back on. This is great. Yeah, definitely. Love yeah. it. Definitely. All right. Well, that concludes today's episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review it for us. Uh, if you guys are interested in learning market profile, uh, come join JJ and I at microefutures.com. Tracy, um, tell the listeners where they can find you, um, anything else you'd like them to know. And also, I know you mentioned you, uh, leaving your email. Maybe if you yeah, want to give that. Um, so I'm at Chai Girl, C-H-I-G-R-L. There's no I because somebody had it and literally they had <laughs> never tweeted once. And not <laughs> once have they tweeted. Um, so C-H-I-G-R-L. I also have a website, shygirl.com. I do not update it, but there is some good information on there. <laughs> I'm really terrible about that, but it's when the mood strikes me, I do post stuff on there, but there is some good information on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my email is, you can, um, Email me at uh, shygirl at uh, zoho.com. At zoho. It's, and it's, it's shygirl, like your Twitter. H I C H I, yeah, G R L at zoho, Z O H O.com. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. This was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we'll have to have you back one time. So for Shy Girl, He's JJ. I'm Ray Ray. Make sure you guys are using stop cell. <laughs> Have a good night, folks. <laughs> Have a good one. Be careful out there.